Well, this is a quote from 1869 when nobody was worrying about who died of what in India. There was a sanitary commission set up and they concluded that for sanitary purposes it is indispensable to know the relative mortality in small and as far as possible well-defined tracts to ascertain the death rates in each of these communities to see how far this arises from preventable causes and to apply the remedies. Well, like many uh, commissions and so on. Its uh, findings were not implemented for about 150 years. Um, and I'd like to just report to you the preliminary results from the Million Death Study, which is being done in collaboration with the Registrar General of India. <laughs> Incidentally, the Registrar General of India's office was set up about two years after that. Um, next, please. Do I do this myself? Okay. Right. Um, the Million Death Study, what we want to do is to get a million deaths, a nationally representative sample of a million deaths, and go and interview the families of the dead person, find out what the disease was they died from, find out what they smoke, what they drink, where they live, all sorts of other characteristics. About a third of a million have already been done and cleaned up. About another third of a million have been counted and are in the process of being cleaned up, and then we'll keep on until at least 20, 2013, 2014. Um, this, now, India, the Registrar-General of India has been doing really good work. The Office of the Registrar-General has been doing really good work since the 1870s, really documenting patterns of disease, the ways people live. But they've not really been looking at the causes of death, at the diseases that cause death. So the Registrar-General divides India up into a million census tracts, each with about a 1,000 people, and then chooses a few thousand of these strictly at random so as to keep tabs on what's happening in a random sample of India and traces the births and the deaths that occur over the next few years in that random sample of districts. But they don't try to assign causes. They don't try to say, was this death from malaria? Was it from heart attack? What was it from? So as an initiative um, jointly between, well, particularly the University of Toronto, University of Oxford, Registrar-General of India, many Indian academic partners, we tried to take these areas, take the deaths that the Registrar-General is already counting, knowing that they're nationally representative, and try to investigate what does it seem as though this death was. Now, of course, you can't tell what deaths are in retrospect. Somebody dies, the body's burnt next day, so within 24 hours. But you can do something, and it's surprising what you can get. I'll just show you a couple of results, one for malaria, one for tobacco. Um, malaria deaths in India. Now, according to the World Health Organization, in the whole of India, there are only 15,000 malaria deaths a year. That's ridiculous. I mean, we know that there's malaria all over the place, and there's really serious killer malaria, falciparum malaria, over in the east, in big places, Orissa, Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, Assam. You know, how can they be saying 15,000 deaths a year? Well, of course, the point is that they look at the case fatality rate, but if you're a case, you're not going to be fatal because the disease is so totally curable. If you go to a clinic and say, I'm ill, and they say it's malaria, give a couple of pills, you'll be better in two, three days. It's one of the most curable of all the big killers. But if you don't go to a clinic, then you'll die with a fever in the village fast and nobody will ever see you. And the only way you'll find out about it is if you actually ask the family what were the circumstances of death. And you, you don't know which deaths were malaria, but you, know, you get a pretty good idea. And the conclusion from this is that there's actually about 200,000 deaths from malaria in India, something like 100,000 in childhood, early adult life, 100,000 in middle age and a few more in old age. And, this, and these are concentrated over in the eastern parts of India 
where we know there's falciparum malaria. I mean, you, the problem there is comparable with the sort of problem for malaria deaths in Africa. So, it, and this actually means that the, well, certainly, A, the WHO should reconsider, but it means there's a real opportunity for avoiding those deaths by having tried to revive the idea of village fever workers. It has practical implications straight away. Um, the WHO won't reconsider their estimate, of course, because they've got to get malaria deaths down by 2015 for the Millennium De Development Goals. The last thing they want is another 200,000 in India. But the Indian government is interested. And it, it's, it, it's just, this is a map. On the left, you've got a map of India in terms of malaria deaths. Um, and then on the right, you've got a map of India in terms of the prevalence of falciparum malaria in blood samples. And, you know, the coincidence is pretty obvious. And it doesn't coincide with other things like dengue fever. The places, you know, that, that people said, how do you know it's not dengue? Well, there's the map of, on the, the left is the map of where you're finding dengue deaths. Dengue, oh, sorry, evidence of dengue fever, which is something with which it could be confused. It's real. And it's just, you know, it's an order of magnitude mistake with immediate practical implications for disease control, for avoiding premature death. Okay, how many deaths are there in India? Well, according to this million death study, this is the sort of numbers. We, we know the total number of deaths in India. That's been well worked out by demographers, UN demographers, Registrar General of India. There's about 10 million deaths a year. And these are the top 10 diseases according to this million death study. And you see malaria. Malaria is down there as 0.3 million rather than 0.2 because this includes old age as well. Um, but it's the big numbers. You know, heart attack, a million. Chronic lung disease, nearly a million. And so we then went and asked people not only what's, what was the history of the events leading up to death, but also what did the dead person smoke? And mostly the women don't smoke. I mean, in some areas they do, but mostly they don't. But a lot of men smoke. And it turns out the BDs are just as dangerous as cigarettes. They contain less tobacco, but it's smoked in a way that really maximises the amount of completely poisonous, undiluted smoke you get in your lungs. So although they weigh only about a quarter as much as a cigarette, they're about four times as efficient, in and so it roughly cancels out. And there's a lot of BDs smoked in India. And the conclusion is, in a country where there are 10 million deaths a year, something like 1 million deaths per year in India will be caused by smoking during the present decade, and that is 0.7 million in middle age. Anything younger than me is middle-aged, anything older than me now is old. <laughs> That's roughly it. Well, actually, I'm 68, so actually anything from 70-plus is old. But 0.7 million before age 70. That's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. You know, given what India's done to try and reduce child mortality successfully, you know, given the progress that's been made in all sorts of ways, this is a ridiculous number, and it must have political implications. Now, the chief implication seems there should be information, but the chief implication seems to me what should be done in taxation, how to actually get economic incentives which are working against tobacco. And this can be done. The only time, two times we've had a really big decrease in tobacco consumption in this country was one Labour economic crisis in 1947 and one Conservative economic crisis in about 1981. In both of them, the government ran out of money, put the price of tobacco up enormously, and consumption dropped enormously. Nothing else has been remotely as successful. And now I'm going to... I don't have the French as an enemy. I have the French as a control group. Um, the, <laughs> I want to show you a couple of French slides because this is what should be happening in India. Here in France is tobacco consumption, black, up at the top, and then real tobacco price, blue, down at the bottom. And in 1990, they deliberately started introducing legislation on tobacco, and they start, you know, health warnings, restrictions on smoking in public places, you know, general alarms, and increasing the price. And the price tripled, the real price of cigarettes tripled in France 
consumption went down, and also there was a switch from, you know, really very, very dangerous forms of tobacco to somewhat less dangerous that kill only half of those who smoke them, i.e. modern American or British cigarettes. And this is what's happened to lung cancer rates in young French men. Look at that top, bottom graph is women, and the top graph is men. Look at it. Lung cancer is still incurable. Doctors aren't any good at it. But the key graph, from an Indian point of view, is this one. This is what has happened to French government income from tobacco. Net real income. These are real euros. It's gone from 6 billion real euros to 12 billion real euros. Now, that should be being done. We've got economic problems all around the European Union. That should be done in a coordinated EU-wide way. It should be being done in China, and it should be being done in India. The government gets more money, we get fewer deaths. Good. Okay. Um, there's, there's obviously lots of other results coming out of this million death study, not, not least showing about how many female fetuses get selectively aborted. Some like 8 million over the last several years. And there's a lot of other... Some of, some of the results are acceptable, some aren't quite so acceptable. Incidentally, the main way smoking kills in India, in the cities, it, the main way it kills is by causing death from heart attack. In the rural areas, the main way it kills is by causing death from pneumonia and TB. But in both places, it causes both diseases and cancers as well. Okay, I'll finish just by the commenting on the Million Death Study collaborators. Obviously, the main collaborators are the Indian academic partners, academics all over India. Incidentally, I've marked in red those with whom my department here in Oxford has long had very, very close collaborative links with major collaborative studies. So up at the, up at the top is um, Dr. Shinoy and its colleagues in Trivandrum. We'll be working with them on a prospective study of half a million people looking at smoking, drinking, chewing and death. Epidemiological Research Centre Chennai, Gajalakshmi and her colleagues, and Gaja was the one who actually introduced this method of studying deaths. She was the one who really introduced it. That was in collaboration with the University of Oxford. We just paid for that study out of our own, out of our own spare funds, overheads on other things. And she went and interviewed the families of 50,000 dead people down in Tamil Nadu, and it was so good that the Registrar General at the time in the 1990s thought, yes, we've got to do this nationwide. So that was the model for the whole thing. Um, Prakash Gupta, well, again, prospective study, first big prospective study in India, and we put some money in to help get it going. Shalia Wasti, and we've, we've worked with her for the last 15 years, randomising one million kids in Uttar Pradesh as to whether or not giving them vitamin A every six months is going to reduce child mortality. And the answer is yes, but not as much as WHO has been claiming it. But it's probably not 10% off child mortality. Um, that's going to go to the Lancet this afternoon, that report on that study. Then the principal investigator, Prabhat Jha, who's the main person who initiated this collaboration with the Registrar-General's office, he was here doing his doctoral studies, and he's been collaborating closely with us ever since, very, very closely indeed. Then CTSU, that's me and Rory, and School of Population Health in Australia, Alan Lopez, with whom we've had close collaborations over a long time and are collaborating on this. So we, we've got very good, strong links. Oh, Gadger's also got a study of... Um, Gadra in um, Chennai has also got a study of half a million people, prospective study, paid for entirely from the overheads of the CTSU. So we've got half a million in Kerala, half a million in, in Tamil Nadu being followed prospectively. We should be having results from them within about 2012, 2013. That's quite separate from the million death study. So we've got a million kids randomised, a million people being followed prospectively in a million death study. If you're an epidemiologist, you should count in millions. And actually, talking about what's the most interesting country in the world, I'm a statistician. And the most important statistic of all is that 99% of the world is not British. Thank you.